Oh, well, that didn't work. We're just going to say mess on it. We're live. I didn't do the intro today. We don't have any Charlie here today. So like I was just talking to the AI a minute ago, in my defense, I've been left, you know, unsupervised here in the studio today. So good morning. It's Monday. It's manic Monday. You're watching the road to Concord. And even though I'm the OC, that's original Charlie for those of you out there who don't know. Uh, I'm not feeling like Charlie today. In fact, I'm not feeling very much like doing this at all today. Not because I don't want to be here. That's not the problem. It's just because of what we're going to cover today has got me somewhere in between ticked off and depressed. And the ticked off part will come if we get to the end of the show. I don't know that we'll get there or not. If you've seen the show notes, you know that I've got a little bit of personal grudge to grind with the folks at ESPN in the college football poll. You know, anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> Manic Monday. Story day, you know, headlines, right? And the headline tells it all, man. The United States is a dumpster fire today. And it's in the headlines. And today, part of what's got me, like I said just now, you know, we're going to start slow and whatever. And I'm going to hope and pray that those of you who have been with us a long time know everything that you need to know, where to get a hold of us, how to get a hold of us. I'm not doing that intro business today. Charlie will be back tomorrow. He can rescue all the mess I make today. He's good at that. That's what he's learned to do. Me? I'm just going to share the dumpster fire with you all today, folks. And it, it's it's not pretty. Um, if you've gone to your show notes, you go roadtoconcord.com. Just look up, you know, December 4th, 2023 show notes. Headlines indicate U.S. is a full-scale dumpster fire. And you'll see I've got all these little stories here today. We'll see which ones we get through today because some of these we have to read today. And uh, this first one is definitely one of them. This is from the Gateway Pundit. And the title is James Carville claims speaker Mike Johnson and the Supreme Court are a greater threat than Al Qaeda. And this is a headline, David Grayson, December 3rd, 2023. And I want to read part of this for you. And we're going to bounce back and forth between a few things I have prepared and waiting to go. This Democrat strategist James Carville went on an unhinged rant on Bill Maher's show this weekend and claimed that Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson was a bigger threat than the terrorist group of Al-Qaeda. Bill Maher attacked Mike Johnson as a, quote, Christian nationalist, unquote. And this is a quote from um, Carville. He says, Mike Johnson in what he believes is one of the greatest threats we have today to the United States, Carville told Maher on Friday evening. I promise you, I know these people. Well, that's all right, Mr. Carville. I know you. He says, you're talking about Christian nationalists, Maher said. And let me tell you something. The Speaker of the House, they got probably at least two Supreme Court justices, maybe more. Don't kid yourself, Carville said. People in the press have no idea who this guy is. This is a fundamental threat to the United States. It's a fundamental thing. They don't believe in the Constitution. They'll tell you that. Mike Johnson himself says, what is democracy but two wolves and a lamb having lunch? That's what they really, really believe. Well, yes, Mr. Carville, we're going to stop right here, folks. That is what the Founding Fathers believed, which just means that Mr. Johnson is in line with the Founding Fathers. 
Thomas Jefferson. A democracy is nothing more than mob rule, where 51% of the people may take away the rights of the other 49. That's what Carvel's upset about, is he wants to be able to take away the rights of the other 49% once he fools 51% of the rubes. And this is where the wolves come from. Democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. And what Mr. Carville's all upset about is Mr. Johnson appears, appears to be in a position to arm the sheep. Mr. Carville's upset because being a good progressive that he is, he doesn't want to lose the ground that they've gained on their march toward communism. That's what he's upset about is he might have a little pushback. So we return to the story and he it says, and to say, oh, come on, man, it's just some crazy, you know, expletive. No, no, they believe that. And they're coming and they're doing it. Uh, they're do, going to do it forever. Says they're funded. They're, they're funded. And this is Carville on his rant. They're relentless. And, you know, they probably won't win for a while, but they might. And if they do, the whole country blows a gasket, Carville added. No, only you progressive control freaks blow a gasket, Mr. Carville. And it's because somebody's actually finally on the field playing the game against you, or at least appears to be playing the game against you. Because for my regular audience, you know that I'm such a cynic, I believe this possibly could be scripted for the sake of keeping the D's and the R's at each other's throat, thinking that the R's are actually an opposition party when they're not. But even if that's part of the game, Mr. Carville is giving us an insight into how he and the progressives think. As he continues, he says, Bill Maher attacked Mike Johnson for his Christian beliefs. He says, Mike thinks God personally chooses, raises up our leaders, which is a very dangerous thought because then when we lose an election, you think it's just another of God's tricks to test your faith, Maher said during his monologue. Mike says, we began as a Christian nation. We didn't. Did you miss the day in homeschool, Mike? If you don't know that the pilgrims came here to get away from the Church of England, then you don't know literally the first thing about our country. <sighs> no, Mr. Marr, you don't know the first thing about this country. The pilgrims came here to get away from the persecution of the apostate Church of England, the one that was trying to stamp them out because they were trying to be closer to the scriptures than to the king's idea of the, of the religion. It had nothing to do with trying to get away from religion. It had nothing to do with trying to get away from the Church of England in that sense. Mr. Marr, you don't know anything about the founding of this country, and you shouldn't be speaking on it. This is a quote from Thomas Jefferson. It says, ask that God would in mercy look down upon us, pardon all our sins, and receive us into his favor. That is not a deist talking, folks. And finally, that he would establish the independence of these United States upon the basis of religion and virtue and support and protect them in the enjoyment of peace and liberty and safety. Thomas Jefferson, November 11th, 1779. He's appealing to religion and God for the victory of the American Revolution and the establishment of this nation. I've chose this man because he's one of the two that people like Mar like to use to prove that we're not a Christian nation. I choose the second one that they like to use. Benjamin Franklin says, and this is in the second constitutional convention. Gentlemen, 
I have lived a long time and am convinced that God governs in the affairs of men. That is not a deist talking. By definition, he cannot be a deist now. He says, if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? I move that prayer imploring the assistance of heaven be held every morning before we proceed to business. Benjamin Franklin, quote, well, paraphrasing, Jesus. You know, the comment about a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, that comes from the Gospels, from the letters, the words written in red. A shocking thing for a man to be appealing to who I'm told is a deist or at best a Jew. And here he is referencing the Messiah, pleading to the Messiah for the success in their endeavors not established on the Christian religion? Mr. Marr is an ignorant man or a deceitful man with an agenda. Given his position, I would suggest it's the latter, but that's just me. We continue with this story. Marr added, Mike says being a Christian nation is our tradition and it's who we are as a people. Mar says, it's not. We're the people who have a First Amendment which says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. And we have an Article 6 which says no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office. So I take these people at their word when they say that they think we should be a Christian nationalists. Again, let me correct Mr. Marr. It says Congress will make no law respecting establishment of religion. And if you go to the notes for the constitutional convention when they're writing the bill, I mean, not there for the, for the bill of rights, when the Congress is discussing and debating the bill of rights, what they're talking about is you shall make no law establishing a national religion. They allowed state religions. And if you go back to the establishment of this country, Mr. Marr, there were several states that had official religions and they were not ruled unconstitutional. So once again, you prove you do not know what you're talking about. And as for the, we shall have no test of religion, What that meant was no test of denomination. Again, it's in the notes. It's in the records of Congress. You just need to go read them, Mr. Marr. What that was is that I'm not going to tell you you have to be a Catholic or a Protestant or a Baptist or this or that or the other in order to hold office. But they did say that you shall not be an atheist. They did say that no man or woman who has no belief in the creator shall ever hold public office in this country. They said that in their writings. The Congress, the Senate, both the House and the Senate and the Supreme Court have all consistently ruled that this country is a Christian nation founded on Christian ideas, not as a theocracy, even though Samuel Adams said that we are the epitome of theocratic Protestantism. We've covered that on this country before. I mean, on this show. Excuse me. I'm I'm not in my right mind today, folks. I'm 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 upset. I'm ticked with what's going on in this nation. What this story shows you is just flat out ignorance and or deliberate lies in the media by people of great influence. If he's ignorant, he should not be talking. If he's intentionally deceitful, then folks, this is actually subversion on a national scale. 
So, so I take it these people oh, take them at their word when they think they should be a Christian nationalist. Well, at least he's honoring the threat. But then they have to take John Adams at his word when he wrote, <clears throat> excuse me, the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. That's in the Treaty of Tripoli, one of the 11 copies. And even if it was on all 11, we would have yet another problem. First of all, we have to remember why Jefferson ran for president. He was upset with his friend, John Adams' appeasement of the Barbary pirates, Muslims. At the time that Jefferson decided to run for president, Adams was paying 80% of the federal budget, annual federal budget, to the Muslims for ransom of American citizens who had been taken captive by the Muslims in the Mediterranean. And it was growing. They were having to raise taxes just to pay these ransoms to get the American citizens back. It was appeasement. So if this is the Tripoli theory where he's saying we're not Christian, you know why he's writing that in there? Because if he doesn't, the mullah is not going to sign the freaking treaty. Well, Jefferson was like, enough. Let's go off with their heads ourselves, which is where the Marine Corps gets the nickname Leathernecks because we were sent to go fight the Barbary pirates who liked to lop off heads. So we started wearing a three-eighths inch thick leather collar that came up all the way to the back of our heads so that you couldn't take our heads off with that sword. Not as easily anyway. And they worked. That's where that all comes from. But this is the same Adams who wrote this. The revolution was affected before the war commenced the revolution was in the minds and the hearts of the people, a change in their religious sentiments and their duties and obligations. This radical change in the principles, opinions, sentiments, and affections of the people was the real American revolution. Then he moves later in this piece. He says, the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow then that I then believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. In other words, if you take these two seemingly contradictory pieces of information and you put them in historic context, by the way, this quote comes years after he signed this Treaty of Tripoli. And before he signed the Treaty of Tripoli, he signed the treaty that ended the American Revolution in the blessed name of the Holy Trinity. Ooh, that's establishing the country on a Trinitarian Christian doctrine. So before the Treaty of Tripoli, Adams thought we were a Christian-based nation. After the Treaty of Tripoli, he thinks we're, and is expressing that we're a Christian-based nation. In the middle, when he's appeasing the Muslims, he writes in a clause that is the only way to get them to sign the treaty. Reason tells you that what he was doing was being a weak leader because he didn't want to go to war because he had seen war and he knew its horrors. And I have some sympathy for that, except for where the results has gotten us today. Ignorant men like Mr. Carville and like Mr. Marr protecting their democracy. So we have two great pillars of the Democratic Party who want to protect democracy for us all from, you know, the Christian nationalists. Well, let's look at this next piece here then. This is from The Hill. Democrats try to strip candidates from the ballot in the name of democracy. What? 
Yeah, let's read this. It says, across news sites, Democrats are warning of the imminent death of democracy. Hillary Clinton has warned that a Trump victory would be the end of democracy. MSNBC's Rachel Maddow is warning of executions. Even actors like Robert De Niro are predicting that this may be our very last Democratic election. Yet these harbingers of the tyranny are increasingly pursuing the very course that will make their predictions come true. The Democratic Party is actively seeking to deny voters choices in this election supposedly to save democracy. They're fornicating for chastity. Henry Ford once promised customers any color so long as it's black. Democrats are adopting the same approach to the election. You can have any candidate on the ballot as long as it's Joe Biden. This week, the executive committee of the Florida Democratic Democracy told voters that they would not be allowed to vote against Biden. Even though he has opponents in the primary, the party leadership has ordered that only Biden will appear on the primary ballot. And if you want to register your discontent with Biden with a write-in vote, forget about it. Under Florida law, if the party approves only one name, there will be no primary ballots at all. The party just called the election for Biden before a single vote has been cast. This is the party that yelled about, you know, George Bush, selected, not elected. Which, by the way, if we get to the very end of this show, I'm going to be using that refrain, talking about Alabama in the playoffs. Selected not earned or elected, not through the field in any way. Anyhow, I digress. Don't talk to me about democracy, Democrats, when you're in the process of destroying it. I don't want to hear it. I know that you are the enemies of this country. Also, going back to the previous story, you got, and those two are linked, you know, Trump is going to destroy democracy. The Speaker of the House is going to destroy democracy. Anybody who clings to the Constitution is going to destroy democracy. Democracy is communism, folks. It's the vehicle by which they get there. And then once they get there, they get rid of any and all voting, except for the people they tell you. This vote with Biden, very communist in nature. But we got to get rid of God, right? Communists don't believe in God. Well, let's go real quick back to Jefferson before we move on too much more. He said, and can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated, but with his wrath. That is not a deist idea. That's a man who believes in a God who is actively involved and will punish those here in this life and in the next. And this country has forgotten that our rights come as a gift of God. We think that they are a gift of the almighty government. Well, Mr. Jefferson had another quote for that too. Once a republic is corrupted, there is no possibility of remedying any of the growing evils but by removing the corruption and restoring its lost principles. Every other correction is either useless or a new evil. Lost principles. Joe, what do we do? What do we do? I keep telling you what we do. You don't want to hear it. Well, Jefferson just told you, go back to your lost principles. So back to those lost principles. The revolution was affected before the war commenced. The revolution was in the minds and the hearts of the people, a change in their religious sentiments and their duties and obligations. 
This radical change in the principles, opinions, and sentiments and affections of the people was the real American Revolution. The general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow that I then believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. Read that for a few seconds. John Adams, if you want to return to the original principles of this country, you have to do exactly what I've been trying to suggest to people and they keep ignoring. And where do you think I got my suggestion from? Jefferson and Adams. And we live in a country that doesn't want to hear it. Don't ask me anymore. Kind of like Maverick. Says, I don't like that answer, Joe. It's the only answer I got. Next story. Excuse me, let's stick my face in there. Government watchdog calls out California's growing fiscal crisis, soaring deficit, and recessions. I'm not going to read this one other than to just point out that um, State Senator Roger Neolo, Republican Fair Oaks, he didn't mince words declaring despite all the warnings that it is unsustainable, the majority party has increased state spending by $116 billion over the last six years, nearly double, doubling the general fund budget in that short of time. Folks. I wasn't aware that a state was allowed to run a deficit. So what's California doing? It's just doing what every progressive always does. You see, when a government goes bankrupt, that's the failure of the government. So when you fix it, you restart, and you are technically not under the same government. They're trying to do the same thing to this country, because if you can bankrupt it, when you start under a new system like the uh, central digital banking currency, you are technically under a new government. It means the old has failed. And they're going to blame it on, you know, capitalism. Is what's happening to California the fault of capitalism? No. As always, secular humanism is killing the people they're over. Parasite always kills its host. Eventually. Next story. Biden commits to shutting down all U.S. coal plants at the climate summit. Never mind that that requires a treaty. He unilaterally committed to this. That requires a treaty. But I guarantee you Congress will let him do this. That's because you have one party pretending to be two. And they're all in lockstep. They are all godless tyrants, all of them. The Biden administration has announced a halt to the construction of new coal plants in the United States and committed to the phasing out of the existing ones. This announcement was made by the U.S. Special Envoy for Climate, John Kerry. Oh, great. At the C, or oh, whatever. The need to accelerate unabated coal phase out to build stronger economies and communities stating the first step is to stop making the problem worse stop building a new unabated coal power plants science has already shown us that the co2 increase comes after the temperature increase this is a fact now so what he's telling us means makes no sense unless of course this has got nothing to do with climate issues 
and everything to do with control. Because sustainability is another word for invisible prison. It's not sustainable. We already know this. It's been covered on this show. I haven't done a dedicated show to this green effect yet, but it has been covered. It's not sustainable. It's more damage. The green um, economy causes more damage to to the ecology of the earth, to the environment, than fossil fuels. Yes, that's a fact. That's a fact, Jack. And you can't argue with it unless, of course, you have rejected reason, which, of course, these people do. So, you know, move on. I, I just... Anyhow, if you keep reading this story, you find out that they're going to close the last of our coal plants. That's 20% of our energy-making capacity in this country. Then they're going to take away natural gas. It's, they want to get down to nothing but solar and wind. It won't work. It doesn't work. They don't care. Because ultimately, the goal is not to make sure you have energy, but to give themselves the crisis and excuse to shove you into their 15-minute cities, which are prisons, make no doubt about it. It's just a FEMA camp that you don't see the cage on. That's what this is all about. This is all about control. And it doesn't do a blasted thing. Here, let me show you this. This is from James Wood. The U.S. commitment comes despite China unleashing a massive expansion of coal power generation last year. China already accounts for over 27% of total global emissions, triple that of the United States. What's that mean? It means everything. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to remove that, but here it is, folks. You can look at that while I talk to you. That means everything that our government is doing to quote unquote save the environment is coming at our expense and China's reward. Don't forget our clean coal that would make it easier for us to burn coal without polluting. Bill Clinton sold that to the Chinese for a campaign contribution of a couple hundred thousand dollars. We're not helping. We're not doing any good. Comment on the board from Aaron Spikes. They'll wind up being ghettos or internment camps. Yes, they will be. But this doesn't help, folks. It doesn't help. It doesn't help with the environment. All it does is makes China more powerful. It makes you and I poorer. It makes Biden rich. I mean, China will just keep giving him a whole bunch of... We have proven now. That you can stand in the middle of Main Street, USA, and get paid by the Russians and the Chinese in the open, and nobody will do a bloody thing about it except say, oh, well, we're investigating to investigate to investigate to possibly impeach you. They'll do nothing. Nothing. Oh, but they'll kick their own out for merely somebody accusing them of a crime. No proof, but they'll kick their own out. The Republicans, you know, we'll get to that. I hope. We'll see if we have time. Uh, and uh, Never mind. Next story. Biden tells corporations to bring down their prices since inflation has come down. Gets fact-checked to high heaven. It's not the way this works, folks. But he's not, people say, oh, look, he's stupid. He's that. No, he's not. He's not stupid and out of touch. He just knows that this is exactly what FDR did with force of government. And he thinks he can do it again. 
Yeah, NRA. No, not the National Rifle Age, uh, uh, Association. This was FDR's price control initiative back in the Great Depression, which caused the depression to be great for us, but not for the rest of the world. Anytime you follow these policies, these progressive socialist policies, you destroy the economy of whatever country you're in every time. It's just science, folks. Yeah, economics and human nature. But let's not worry about that. What's the next one? Well, another one. NTSB recommends all new cars be equipped with technology to make speeding difficult or impossible. Remember, they're already going to put a kill switch in your car. Now they're going to make it where you can't speed. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. How are all the local and state governments going to replace the money they generate through speeding tickets once they make it where you can't speed? (laughs) You know what this is? This is an excuse to control you just because Karen's controlled. That's what Karen's going to do what Karen does. And if you're a progressive, you're a Karen Jack through and through. That's just all there is to it. But this is also a way to make sure we, socialize the tax burden. So now instead of just getting it to the people who speed, because those of you who obey the speed limit now aren't getting taxed, now we'll be able to come say, well, we're not getting the money we were getting from speeding tickets, so we're going to have to raise your state income tax. You think they won't? Oh, come on. Please. You're not that naive, are you? This is nudge. This is two for three for four for. And if you do do these things, well, we'll just shut your car off uh, until you pay your fines. I don't recognize the country I live in anymore. Neither would our founding fathers. Physicians group, they're opposed to the plan to treat gun crime as a public health problem. If you've been with the show any length of time, oh, by the way, this starts with some jack wagon that uh, Yale School of Public Health. Um, If you're in an Ivy League school, you got nothing to do with education whatsoever. You're indoctrination. (laughs) Aaron Spike's child, please, yes. So I've told you before, and a lot of people I know probably like Joe, you're full of it. Because what I told you was that they want health care because they can lump everything under health care. The clothes you wear, how much you eat, how much you do or don't exercise, what you watch, what you don't. They can lump everything under health care. So once health care is nationalized, I can use that as an excuse to control every aspect of your life because you're affecting the nation's health care budget. Well, gun control is going to be health care budget. Only in this case, they're right. They are correct. This is a health care issue. Mental health care. The problem is they are the inmates of this asylum and they're in charge of it. Until we get rid of progressive thinking in the world, we will always have people who think it's okay to kill other people for whatever reason. The crazies have a reason. It's just not rational by our definition. It's rational according to theirs. They're good little stoics. 
what they really mean, folks, is they need to disarm you. And they're going to do it by hook or by crook. And they say in this article, well, it's better that we disarm people and take away their gun rights for the preservation of people's lives. Let's do it for the children. And that's where they go, too. The number one cause of death of people under 19 is gun violence. I'm not so sure anymore. Let's do a little bit of COVID research here. It may not be true anymore. But you know why people under 19 are dying by guns? First of all, you're not letting them drive anymore because you've taken all the cheap cars off the road because it used to be car accidents. But it's because you let them live in the ghettos and the, and the gangs and you don't shut down the gangs. That's where that's all coming from. If, as a sociologist, I did the studies and I adjusted for where you lived, I'd find out that crime, gun violence has got nothing to do with it. It's gangs in gang culture. By the way, if you really want, email me. I'll show you the studies that have already proven that. I'll tell you over and over again, I stand on the shoulders of giant men and women that have come before me. There's very little I tell you that is Joe's. It's just I'm telling you what I've learned from other places that I just don't always share with you because it doesn't come up or there's no need to. But in this case, this isn't going to solve a dang thing. Nothing. You know what we're really dealing with here, folks? In all of these stories that I just shared with you, Woodrow freaking Wilson. Hashtag at Woodrow freaking Wilson. One word. Spread the word. He envisioned a time when they would be able to run the country, quote unquote, administratively, you know, the science, and they'd be able to do it without the need of legislative interference, just by decree, either through presidential decree or the administrative bureaucracies. And it's all about the holy science of administration. That's their religion. Government. Government is their religion. Oh, wait a minute. I know a book who tells me that that's called a beast. Mark of the beast. Anybody who, oh yeah, well, we're not going to get into that today. That's a worship Wednesday thing, Joe. (sighs) Anyhow, Aaron spikes again. The major Democrat run cities have already disarmed the law abiding citizens and only the criminals and gangbangers have weapons. And yet somehow in Chicago, that's one of the highest death rates every weekend from gun crime. From gangs. Yeah, I get it, Aaron. I get it. But anyhow, wait, there's more. More? Why, yes. Look, top journalism school wants taxpayers to fund reporters and dying media outlets. Because, you know, it's not that the media is too big to fail. It's too important to fail. So uh, this is a quote from it. Top journalism school put top journalism school. I don't think that word me or that phrase means what you think it me. Anyhow, pushes taxpayer funding of reporters and media outlets. This is from the gateway pundit folks. As the, as the death spiral ravaging local newspapers picks up speed, eliminating one third of all newspapers since 2005, Calls are growing for taxpayers and corporations to cover the cost of reporters and media outlets, arguing that the founding fathers treasured a free press and protected it in the First Amendment. Those urging federal and Wall Street action said it is the only way to preserve democracy. There's that word democracy again. 
The founders of our country believed a free press was vitally important to our democracy, said a new report on the dying industry from the middle school of journalism. Uh, Media Integrated Marketing Communications at Northwestern University. The just-issued state of local news report charts the decline of local media and predicted it will get worse without an infusion of cash. There was both good news and bad news for local journalism this past year. The good news raised the possibility that a range of proposals and programs could begin to arrest the steep loss of local news over the past two decades and perhaps revive journalism in some places that have lost their news. The headlines on the bad news resoundingly conveyed the message that urgent action is needed in many venues from boardrooms to the halls of Congress, and by many, including civic-minded organizations and entrepreneurs, the report said. Oh, hogwash. The minute the federal government is funding it, it is no longer news. It's propaganda by definition. They stress the founding fathers. That's a fallacy, by the way. It's an appeal to emotion. You're going to support them because, you know, you love the founding fathers. Well, the founding fathers also said that dependency breeds subservientism. In other words, if you're dependent on a government check, you are going to worship the government and do whatever it tells you to do. Hence, I'm going to have those people voting Democrat forever and ever. Amen. LBJ, and he used different words, and he was talking about a specific group of people who have, by and large, voted 90% or more in lockstep with the Democratic Party ever since LBJ's Great Society and Institution of the Welfare System. Exactly what he said he was going to do. And then if you fact check it, he never said that. Oh, yes, he did. You trust the fact checkers? They're part of the system. I don't trust the fact checkers. They're fake checkers. And yep, sure enough, every time they tell you something, it's fake. Just, you know, trust the science. Anyhow, we were just talking about how they want to fund, you know, um, journalism with public funds. It's worse than that, Jim. Had to work Charlie's meme in there, folks. The next one I have for you, it says, watch, Fox News host stuns the audience after a blisting on-air crack at network honchos involving forbidden subject so what happens here is Mr. Gutfeld, or yeah, Gutfeld or whatever, he, he's talking on there and he's talking about how the fact is Musk may be the last man standing between real freedom of speech and the suffocating block of this censorship industrial complex, which is made up of government, media, and tech forces, Gutfeld said. Exactly what we were just talking about. They want to consolidate it. If it's taxpayer funded, that's what it is. It consolidates it. He says he realized that advertisers have no spine and can be easily cowed by special interest groups and cohorts with political allies. If you don't believe me, I've got two words for you. Tucker Carlson. That, folks, was a direct shot at his own network. Now, he says they cowed to this. I don't think that's what that was. I think that this is a public-private partnership. What you're looking at is fascism on the march in this country. You're trying to explain it through other than spiritual explanations. You're not going to be able to succeed in doing that, which is why here we look at everything through a biblical lens because that Occam has been the only way that that's worked for me 
is through that biblical lens. If Mr. Gutfeld had done that, he'd understand what's going on here is the rise of the beast. Rise, heck. He's already up and running. This is the consolidation of power. Next story. Manic Monday, right? Well, the manicism continues. New January 6th footage shows police firing tear gas at their own officers and shoving elderly Trump supporters. And if you read the article, it goes over the fact that the police were yelling at themselves saying, hey, you, you know, you're hitting innocent people. It says you're causing 10 people to get angry for every one you put down. So what this article will tell you, if you read it, if you want to read it, it's from Trending Politics, but you can find it in other places. If you read this article, what you're going to find out is that on video, you can hear the police talking to each other. They knew that the tear gas was affecting them because the wind was blowing back on their face. They knew that it was actually inciting the crowd and causing things to get 10 times worse. And they knew that they were tear gassing innocent people. They said in that in those videos, innocent people are being tear gassed. Innocent, not guilty of anything. They're not doing anything wrong. And yet they're tear gassing them anyhow. This is one of the ways you incite a riot. Now, there's another story that's connected to this. You go here. This is from uh, American Military News, but you'll find this article in other places as well, too. It says, video, over 200 FBI agents infiltrated the January 6th crowd, GOP rep says. Now, the part I want to point out, if you look down here, the rep says, there in no way, shape, or form did the FBI agents incite the riot. In other words, it's not a false flag. Not a wag the dog system. system. Bull. Joe, you got no proof. Um, Pattern. Pattern tells me that that's probably exactly what was going on, especially since Mr. Epps, one of those in- infiltrators, is running around yelling, riot, riot, riot. So if I incite the crowd with tear gas and I have 200 agents, mostly in the area where this happened, inciting the crowd to riot, instigating, egging them on, dressed like them, don't tell me that this was not a concerted action on the part of the FBI especially since we also have video of the police taking down the barricades and inviting the crowd in. While they're filming, they're going to invite that crowd in. They're filming the one that they've instigated. This is the violence. Then they say, see, look, they're storming the Capitol building. You actually have two different events blended in the media to make a false narrative that is then called sedition. That, folks, is the classic definition of a wag-the-dog false flag attack. You watched it live being executed. Like I said, I can stand in the middle of Main Street, USA and collect money from China and Russia to throw American revolutions and and commit treason against my country in the favor of Russia and China. And nobody will do a dang thing about it. Nobody. Except, you know, get on the internet or the computer somewhere and complain. And yeah, I'm, I'm pointing the finger at myself, not you. At me. What have I done about it? Well, I'll be honest with you. I've reached the point where apathy is setting in, but it's for a different reason. I know that nothing I do is going to help in this material world. There needs to be a reset. I've read Jefferson. I know that the reset in this world is not going to happen. I'm waiting for the great reset. If you have ears to hear and eyes to see, keep those eyes on the eastern skies. And keep your ears open for the sound of a trumpet. You know what I'm saying? 
Next story. U.S. warship downs suspected Houthi drones after missile attacks on three commercial vessels. CENTCOM. Oh, I'm feeling like Zorg here. I know the sound of this music. Does anybody else know where we started a war claimed off of an attack on a U.S. vessel in a Gulf somewhere? Gulf of Tonkin mean anything to anybody? Well, Joe, this isn't, this is a, no, it ain't. Same government, same military industrial complex, same meddling in other countries' affairs where we don't belong, same exact pattern. Look, man, I'm out in the middle of the Gulf. Nobody can see what's going on. The only narrative you have is the one I feed you, so you have to believe what I tell you. I'm going to use that to stir up ignorant, ignorant rubes feeding the TV, which, by the way, that's why we have to have government-funded media, because if all the media actually moves to individuals like me and you who are doing the work on blogs, real reporting, they can't control us. And you might actually find out the truth of what's going on. Cause remember propaganda only works if you can control the narrative. So when it's federally federally funded, they'll define those people as journalists. You and I are no longer journalists cause we're not being federally funded. And therefore we don't have freedom of press freedom. of the This is all nudge. Y'all remember the show on nudge. This is all nudge. This is all designed to give the appearance of legality, but it's lawlessness. And in the process, they are shaking the very foundations of the earth. Well, this story here, I don't believe it. I don't. It may be true. It may be true. But the cynicism in me has been well earned by the government. So I'm going to say, nope, see, I don't believe you. Sorry. Because remember, there was that attack on that tanker that they tried to use to get Trump to attack Iran unilaterally. And then we found out later on that that was, you know, false flag. Uh-huh. I see the pattern. Do you see the pattern? Anyway, pay no attention to the man behind that curtain. Let's move on. Another topic. Greetac 11, USS Maine. Oh, yes. Yes. Cuba. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't know what he's talking about, look it up. Look up the USS Maine. This has been an American tactic for over a hundred years. Yeah. So he recognizes what I'm talking about. There's a pattern here that makes me extremely suspicious. It doesn't mean that that story wasn't true. It means I'm not going to believe it because I understand why I'm suspicious. Now, this one, first of all, I love the title up there at the very top in, in GD's army. There's only truth. Well, that's G space D. This tells me that whoever wrote this is either a Jew or Masonic. He could have also done in Adonai's army, but this is a case of in God's army. There's only truth, capital T truth. This is Dr. McAuliffe. Now the priest is not by my Dr. McAuliffe, but it's his page. His shedding of COVID vaccine components to the unvaccinated part one. It is real. Bruca Weisberger. This is many people. Never heard of COVID vaccine shedding. If you've been listening to this show, you have. This is which an unvaccinated person can be sickened and even permanently injured by vaccine components given off in the breath, sweat, etc. of COVID vaccinated people. If you do not hear the term, the concept may have sounded so crazy that you immediately dismissed it as fringe or if you did hear the term. Says, I wish we weren't, this wasn't real, but the evidence is incontrovertible. Last month, top world doctor Pierre 
Corey tackled COVID vaccine shedding in the most comprehensive series of articles I am aware of on this topic. I am bringing you this information so that you can be aware to take steps to protect yourself and your family. You will see many routes of shedding in this series, and you will understand what you can do attempt to avoid it. Importantly for almost everyone, take some protective products. That's an ad. But anyhow, Dr. Corey's article is a nine-part series. I'm going to take pieces of this post to form a shorter series. Here are the links. This is a story that you might want to want to read into later. This is something that has been known about from the beginning. Let me explain what's important about this. This is not how a vaccine works. This is how a biological weapon works. What? Do you remember Charlie and I have tried to tell you that COVID and the jab are a binary biological weapon? Binary means two parts. In the military, we transport chemical weapons, binary chemical weapons in two different, it's kind of like the, 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 um, the Die Hard movie with Samuel Jackson. You have two different liquids. You got to mix them before they become a, a, vol you know, a volatile explosive. Well, you'll have two different chemicals and either one of them by themselves is inert. It's not dangerous. You mix them. Now you have your chemical agent that will kill people. Well, we're talking about a biological weapon. It's binary. I need the scare that gets you convinced to take the actual poison. The scare was COVID. The poison was the jab. Now, what I have to do is make sure that I get the entire population infected. So I designed the jab to make sure that it sloughs, it sheds. In other words, it spreads itself. Not the virus, but the thing that the jab was actually designed to do to destroy your immune system and make you dependent on it. And it sheds it so that I get all those people smart enough not to take the jab. I get them sick too, whether they were jabbed or not. Now you're going to tell me, Joe, you're just making this up. If you've had any type of training in this type of weaponry, this is exactly what you're looking for. So in this case, I have the image of a duck, the quack of a duck, the feathers of a duck, the tail shake of a duck. The water runs off its back like a duck. It swims like a duck. It's got duck DNA. It tastes like duck when I cook it. And when I looked it up in the encyclopedia, it showed me a picture of the very duck I was looking at. I will call this duck a duck. This article says this is the largest crime perpetrated upon humanity in our entire history. I would say nay. Second, first largest was the deception by the serpent in the garden, which is perpetuated until this day. But this is the largest man-made crime. Dip by DDT, CBR warfare on civilians, yes. Folks, I'm not kidding about this. I know it's my opinion, but it is an informed and educated opinion on this issue. If Charlie were here today, he'd probably be jumping up and down in his over there in his studio seat. But, you know, so that I can show you real quick here. No, Charlie. It's empty. <laughs> Poor Charlie's missing. And I'm left unattended, which means I'm probably going to get us off the Internet today. By the way, we have further supporting evidence of all of this. The U.S. military study on post-vaccinated myocarditis released. Well, let me just shorten this one for you. What they're going to tell you is, yeah, we found evidence of it, but no, we didn't find evidence of it. 
Well, how's that work? Well, other people looked at the study and they found a fallacy in the study. So we found that there's a significant number of the people we studied have an increase of a certain level of, you know, protein or whatever in your blood that indicates heart disease, you know, heart damage rather. Immediately after, within, within a week after taking the jab, you have these elevated levels and they're all up to like 17 points. So what do they do? Well, unless it gets to 20, it doesn't matter in our study. They redefine what they're looking for as evidence of heart damage. So basically what I'm saying is, I don't want there to be any evidence of speeding on the road today. So I'm going to set my radar detector for 560 mile an hour. So unless my radar detector goes off at 560 mile an hour, I can go back and I can prove that there was nobody speeding on the road today. Why would I do that? Well, you know, there was a, there, there, there was a contest at the uh, highway patrol today. And it says that if you can shut speeding down in your sector, you're going to get an extra bonus in your check. So I just, dialed up my radar and set it and I filmed my camera showing you know in my car that my radar detector never went off because I set it for an unreasonable limit that's what they did in this study if you set it back toward a reasonable limit which the people reviewing this said it showed reasonable damage then what this study shows you is they knew within weeks of the jab that it was causing heart damage irreversible heart damage in most cases to young supposedly ostensibly healthy young men women too in the military but mostly men this seems to affect men mostly autism seems to affect men mostly the jab seems to mostly be affecting men you know it's almost like they want to kill off oh yeah that you know that's that that's that 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 uh keep all the women in the red dresses for breeding purposes movie uh-huh who's going to be breeding them the intellectually self-appointed elite that know better than, you know, the Stoics, the modern Stoics. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, I know I'm crazy. Except all of this fits. Especially if you're looking at this through the right lens. Here's another story. The Texas Attorney General sues Pfizer for misrepresenting COVID-19 vaccine efficacy and conspiring to censor public discourse. So Texas is going to sue them. I don't know where it's going to go because technically the Biden administration is going to say, hey, look, they're immune from prosecution. It's part of the Emergency Powers Act that we were using. But what they're telling us is that at least the state of Texas recognizes that, you know, we've been duped. And then we have this one. Breaking. This is from Gateway Pundit. New Zealand Health Ministry employee and whistleblower home raided and arrested by police for exposing death linked to bad batch of COVID vaccine. Another person also targeted in the raids. He is, let's go down here and read what part of this. He's a whistleblower responsible for managing New Zealand's COVID-19 vaccination database. He came forward with alarming data, in other words, scientific proof, regarding excess deaths that he claimed are connected to special batches of the Pfizer vaccine. The individual, known as a pseudonym Winston Smith, expressed concern over what he described as the greatest evil that has been perpetrated on human beings. Okie dokie. Now, why do I believe this? Because it says, well, you know, he just says it's connected to that batch. If you've been watching this show, you know that we've already discussed this before. Not all of the jabs are jabs. Some of them are placebos. Well, why would they do that, Joe? Well, that's simple. 
if all of the jabs kill you, everybody falls dead immediately. And then the, the elite have no rubes to feed them. You know, the, the new self-appointed gods have no human slaves to feed them like in old times. So you got to do this slowly so that nobody realizes what you're doing, especially since if you're going to put out all of these jabs to kill everybody and they don't kill everybody quickly enough, you figure out what's going on and then you go kill the tyrants who are pushing all this on you before you die. And they end up killing themselves in the process. So this has to be done slowly. And we've already told you that what they've traced is certain batches are connected to this death toll globally, not just in New Zealand. And they know the batch numbers and they've been a, this, this guy hasn't discovered anything new. This guy in New Zealand didn't discover anything that hasn't already been revealed on this show. And all I've done is share with you what's being published by Nobel Peace Prize winning doctors who study this stuff and in some cases invented the mRNA technology telling you what's actually happening here. They're they're putting out the stuff. You're not seeing it on the, you know, soon to be federally funded news, air quote, media. That's another thing. We've got to have a way of censoring you where we're not really censoring you. You know, that's how nudge works. So we're just going to federally fund, you know, journalists. And if you're not federally funded, you're not a journalist, in which case we can censor you because you don't have the freedom of the press. You're spreading disinformation because it's not federally approved. Well, let me see something here. When we finally get down to where all the elections are rigged by Dominion and you only have the one person they allow you to vote for, Trump or Biden, and we know that it's only one party pretending to be two, so now I'm very skeptical about Trump because I'm being told he's the only Republican I can vote for. What do you mean, Joe? Is DeSantis really losing? How would I know? Well, the polls. Exactly. How would I know? Well, the elections and the primaries, we haven't had any yet. How would I know? We will know we have succeeded when the American people can't be sure about anything. Well, congratulations. Operation Mockingbird has succeeded. And since that's nested under MKUltra, which is a massive plan to psychologically control people. Hmm. Aldris Huxley seems to be ringing in my head. Any fireflies going off for anybody in the world here today? Hmm? Maybe? A couple? Hmm? It's break time. We're going to take a six-minute break. When we come back from the break, I'm going to go over some more stories I have for you that I want to talk to you in more depth. This is not going to be fun for me. Up to this point, it hasn't been fun. The ones I held out for you next, really not fun. But we need to have a talk. We'll see how many of you are still in your seats when we get back because this is here. This isn't even the scary stuff. I always save that for the second hour. See you in six minutes.
Okay, we're back. I was just looking at the stories I'm going to be bringing to you next. Remember we started off with Carvel talking to Marr about how Trump is going to destroy the Union, destroy the United States, that Republicans want to destroy democracy. This country was never a democracy. It's a representative republic. These idiots know that. They push democracy because they're communists. Democracy is always the vehicle by which a communist enters into power. And once they're there, they seize the pendulum. And then you can only vote for who they give you permission to vote for. Much like what the Democratic Party is doing within its own caucus. Form and function, folks. Besides, Woodrow Wilson said he wanted American communism. And that's what the Democratic Party is. Okay. In, in quote unquote, my opinion, right? All right. Well, whatever. So we started with, um, we started with Bill Maher and, and James Carville. And they were projecting is what they were doing. They're the ones looking to destroy this country. So it's projection. This next story. <sighs> Just pay attention to how it's worded, please. This is from The Hill. The disqualification clause is clear. Let's use it by William Becker, opinion contributor, 11-27-23, so November 27th. He said, with less than a year to go, the 2024 election cycle is already filled with intrigue. Third parties, which, by the way, let me interrupt real quick. Every time they interject a third party candidate, that's because they want to keep the Republican candidate from winning every time. Anyhow, third parties, voter suppression laws, simultaneous felony prosecutions and more. Now consider this scenario. The U.S. Supreme Court rules Donald Trump cannot be president again because he broke his first oath of office when he rebelled against the Constitution. Meantime, a 125-year-old clause in the Constitution purges Congress of more than half of its Republicans. Democrats and independents use the opportunity for historic collaboration to restore the people's confidence in democracy. I'm sorry, I didn't put this up there for you. Let me do that. There we go. You can read that on your own there for a minute. Let me ask you a question. The party that has been trying to destroy this country since the time of Woodrow freaking Wilson is going to somehow restore the people's confidence in democracy? Folks, this scenario is exactly the type of thing I would expect to happen when they finally get done playing like they're in, you know, they're they're running the country the way it's been and and they don't they no longer want to they want to take the mask off and they just want to flat out openly be tyrants, dictators. This is how they get there. This is how you finalize the coup. Donald Trump has not been convicted of anything. And these charges about about sedition and, and a rebellion against the Constitution, um, folks, the evidence says he was trying to tell people to go home. The evidence does not support the charges. The I've got to watch it or I'm going to lose my mouth. There is plenty of clear evidence of sedition against this country right now, and it is all on the visible evidence is on the Democratic Party's side. The visible evidence. If I was able to get behind the curtain, I'm pretty sure I'd find plenty of evidence in the Republican Party as well. But the visible evidence of 
an attack on this nation is all within the Democratic Party. So I was asked, why don't we use this clause to purge people? Well, first of all, you have to actually commit sedition for this clause to work. Because if we're just going to say oath of office, then I have a rather snarky question to ask you, but I'm serious about it. Who is qualified to be in office right now in any party? Who? I cannot think of a single person. Not even my favorite Ron DeSantis. And remember, I fully expect that he, I, I believe he's a rhino. I'm waiting for him to show it. And he did when he decided to run for president because he promised me he wouldn't as a Florida voter. So he's a liar. Exactly like I told you he was going to prove himself to be before the election. I've got a really good prediction, you know, track record on all these things. And all I'm doing is taking people at their word and applying a little human nature and looking at patterns. It's nothing fancy. Everybody can learn to do this. But I don't know of a single person in politics today that could claim they have not violated their oath of office. So what are you going to do with this clause? This is just, this is a lawyer's game to look for an excuse for tyranny. If you've committed sedition or at war against the Constitution, that has to be proven, first of all. We don't try people anymore. Not in a court. We do it all in the court of public opinion. We, we are no, we're post-constitutional. And I don't know when people are going to wake up and understand this. I don't think most of them ever will. They'll think we're in the Constitution while they're being put in the camps. Anyway, let's just keep going. The next story is from Just the News, John Solomon's plays. Joint Chief Chairman says the U.S. should be concerned about the possibility of China invading Taiwan. Yes, you should. We'll get to that in a minute. But let me ask you a question. If China invades Taiwan, what the heck are we going to do about it? Our president and the Democratic Party and probably a good part of the Republican Party is we they owe the Chinese. They owe them their wealth, or in large part owe them their wealth. If they try to actually oppose the Chinese and the Chinese decide, okay, well, enough of this crap, the Chinese just release all the proof that they have and throws the United States into turmoil because we suddenly finally are faced to accept the fact that we've got real traders in office now. In the White House, a real trader. Come on, folks. Do you really need any more evidence? All we need is a trial and we can get a conviction on Biden with a intellectually honest jury. But I don't know that you can put an intellectually honest jury together. It's supposed to take 12 jury members. And I think we've only got five or six intellectually honest people left in the planet. And they don't all live in the United States. I mean, Jordan Peterson, he's a Canadian, so he can't be on that jury. We might be able to put Thomas Sowell on there. And we could probably, I don't, I don't know. May, well, no, you know what? We, we can't do, can't do that justice. So maybe Thomas Sowell, maybe. I'm going to see, I'm still thinking who else am I going to come up with? Um, well, nothing. I'm empty. Hmm. So I don't know what you're going to do with this, but you better be paying attention to this story. And I'll show you why in a few minutes. 
Next story. Former CIA director Michael Hayden says there's no difference between these two pictures. What two pictures? Those two pictures. So the woman with the Bible, the pistol, and the flag is the exact same as the woman with the uh, the AR and the Quran and the, the flag of jihad. No difference. Really. This is our former CIA director saying there's no difference here. From a secular humanist's perspective, maybe not. But those two pictures are antithetical to each other. The Bible and the Quran are opposites. That is matter and antimatter. Literally, they cannot coexist. This country was founded on the Bible. Whether you like it or not, the founding fathers said so. It was not founded on the Quran. So from this country's perspective, these should not be equal. And you got a man who thinks this way, was running the CIA, and you think we should trust the United States intelligence agencies? <laughs> no. No. Not even going to, no. But let me ask you something. How far astray have we gone if if our Congress, Republicans had to help with this too, are confirming people who think that way. Hatred of country, ignoring how evil Islam is so that you can justify their actions against the Jews, hatred, hatred of the Jews. There's no spiritual aspect or component to any of this. How does my AI do that? Horse hockey. <coughs> Horse hockey. There you go. Beep. <laughs> In and out. But folks, you have to understand how, how much trouble you're in if the people charged with protecting you see no difference between those trying to cling to the United States as it was founded and its, its philosophical grounding, the Judeo-Christian ethic. You know, we read, we started off reading Jefferson and Franklin's words about this. So the, the foundations of this nation are laid, and, and Adams as well, on the Judeo-Christian ethic. So this is total hatred of your own country, equating it to Islam. Islam has been at war with humanity since Muhammad stepped out of the desert. Those are equal? From his perspective, yes. And that was a man in charge of the CIA. What damage did he do to the CIA that remains now? What structural damage did he do that you cannot get rid of without dissolving the CIA? FBI as well. Remember, all of this was initiated by Obama. He's the one that put Muslims into this country's intelligence system. You think that he was ignorant to what he was doing? I don't. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. This story here is from Breitbart. Yeah, I know. I can't trust the source. I got it. Whatever. DeSantis, House GOP should focus on issues 
don't use Biden impeachment as a Trojan horse. Okay. What's he talking about? Exactly what I said a minute ago. Start focusing on the actual issues. Quit using this Biden impeachment as a diversion to the Republican electorate. Oh, we're going to impeach Biden. Everybody's going to be, we're finally going to get him. We're finally going to get him. And when the election comes around, you haven't discussed anything yet because you're waiting for him to get him, waiting for him to get him. Bill Barr was going to get him, going to get him, going to get him, going to get him. Folks, we have established in their minds that all they got to do is find the latest flavor of lollipop to going to get him, going to get him And they could feed us that lollipop forever while they're busy doing what they really want to do. And by the time they're done, the lollipop just disappears. And you're going, where'd the lollipop go? We'll wait. Bill Barr will give the lollipop back to you in a couple of years. And then he does pop up when it's irrelevant and says, oh, yep, you were right all along, but too late. Damage is done. Nothing I can do about it now. And everything just disappears. Yep, people broke laws left and right. Yep, yep, I knew about it during the election. I could have said something before the election, but, you know, I wasn't going to affect the election, so I shut my mouth. That's the lollipop game. You keep licking on the sucker <laughs> like a good little idiot because you've taught them that all I got to do is hold out that sucker, and you're going, mm, yum, licking on the sucker. And then when they're done, they take the sucker away, and you're sitting there going, Wah! until they hand you another sucker. It's you're on a treadmill game. And this is what DeSantis is saying. Quit playing a treadmill game. You know, darn well, you're not going to impeach Biden. So quit pretending that you are comment on the board. Better to just throw the sucker in the dirt. Yes, Natasha, it is. Excuse me. So that's what DeSantis is telling us. He says, look, GOP, we've seen this game. Stop. You're not going to do anything about this. Quit just quit distracting your electorate, your constituents. Get onto the issues. He wants them to focus. Not that that would matter, because DeSantis, he's just like everybody else. He's proved to me that you know he's a little bit better at playing the game than they are. But when push comes to shove, he'll get right in line with everything else. They always do. And you're not going to vote your way out of this. Oh, you're such a defeatist, Joe. Yeah, I guess so. But I'll prove to you what happens when you vote on things using your reason rather than you know objective evidence. Do that in a little bit. Maybe. We'll see. Depends on how much I want y'all yelling at me. Republicans oust Santos. Not DeSantis, but Santos. They don't hold Biden and Mayorkas accountable. <laughs> This is from PJ Media. Oh, I love this one. It says, as usual, Republicans are doing their best to sabotage themselves while ignoring blatant democratically criminal and uh, democratic criminality and corruption. The solid America First Republican George Santos was just expelled in an unprecedented action while the GOP takes no decisive action on holding Joe Biden accountable. Y'all understand that this story proves everything that I've been telling people for decades now. You can vote somebody out of an elected body, and they just did. So why, why did the Republicans help oust one of their own? And they got just enough Republican votes to do it. If they'd have needed more, they'd have found more. And why do they never try to oust any of the Democrats? One party pretending to be two. And when you get somebody who truly is 
outside the system. You accuse him of a crime and kick him out. Which is the only reason that I hold out hope that Trump actually isn't part of this kabuki theater. I'm going to tell you, I don't know which way to go with that. He could be exactly what he appears to be. We do know he's got a long history going back years about love for America. But we also know that he's been wrapped up with the Democratic Party forever. Of course, he's flat out told us forever, long before he became president. He said, you got to do that to get along, get business done. So he might be exactly what he pretends to be. He might not. I don't know. I got no way to know. Just like this guy here. The indication and the patterns are that he is a fly in the ointment. He was actually going to try and do something about the system that they've established. So they had to get rid of him. Trump was doing things against the system, so they had to get rid of him. Hmm. I don't know which way to go with Trump. I'm leaning toward this guy's innocent of the crime they accused him of. They didn't even bother with a trial. They just kicked him out. (sighs) Next story from the Gateway Pundit. George Santos, the guy they kicked out, goes scorched earth, announces ethics complaints against top rhino tormentors and one Democrat. So he's going to go after his own party. Quote here is, let's talk about hypocrisy. Can someone ask Nicole Malio stock tips When did she become a savant in stock trading? The signature bank trades she did reeks of insider trading, much like Paul Pelosi's every trade. Says Nicole is in it for herself. Just look at the record and it speaks for itself. And he's going over this. And then he says, what he's basically saying is he says, hey, we've got some dirty Republicans. So he's doing exactly what the scriptures would teach you to do. He's cleaning house with his own house first. I like that. I like that a lot. Tends to tell me that, He's probably innocent of what they accused him of. They had to get rid of him. They needed a crisis or an excuse just so that they could keep the face with their own voters. I don't believe anything I hear from any of these people anymore, folks. But I do have a little bit of trust in patterns that I see. And I've seen this pattern of getting rid of people that are actually truly working against this system. So I I suspect that what we have here with George Santos is you might have actually had a a real patriot screwed up and got elected into the system, and they had to get rid of him. And that's what they did. Next story. All of this tells you how much trouble we're in. If the Republican Party keeps promising its voters we're going to fix these things for you, And you send them there, and all they ever do is destroy the Republican Party while helping the Democrats. At what point do you believe Carol Quigley in his book, Tragedy and Hope, that it's one party pretending to be two? When do you accept that that's the better answer? Occam's Razor should have told us to do it a long time ago. We're still playing the game. There's a reason. We'll get there. Another story. Woke Disney's new kids' Christmas film features homosexual parents and sexually charged dialogue. I'm not supposed to say these things, but let me cough for you. (coughs) Groomers. (coughs) 
That'll get me a couple of Oh, oh, hang on. I'm sorry. Oh, man, I got a tickle in my throat. Homers. <coughs> 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 Mm, sorry, just had to get that out of the way. Yeah, Oops, am I live? Yes. Oh, I'm right. sorry. I didn't mean to disrupt y'all. That oh, how rude of me. Beep. <laughs> Apparently, Charlie has my AI tweaked correctly for today. <laughs> it's right on track. What is Disney doing here? With <laughs> did you did you pay attention to any of the um stories that are out right now about Iger or whatever. He takes over Disney and he says, it's not the wokeism in our shows. It's a lack of corporate e executive control on the sets. In other words, it isn't the message. It's the fact that we didn't have enough Karens on set to make sure you did it the right way. So what are we going to do while we're bleeding money? We're going to force more of that same message that America doesn't want down your throat. And that's exactly what this is. This is grooming, folks, on multiple levels. If you're new to the show, you might not remember this one. We did a show about the book After the Ball. It was a blueprint for normalizing homosexuality using the American medical system. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Same way they're going to get rid of weapons. Oh, anyhow, let's not look for any connections and fireflies here. Y'all are trying to make things too simple for us here. So the book was that, and now they're using the exact same blueprint to normalize pedophilia and transgenderism and everything. And they're taking the exact same path through the American psychiatric community. And they're going to use that to get rid of anything and everything else they don't like through the medical system and things that the government controls that you and I don't like, you know, where it started when the prisons and the military. This is social engineering in the secular sense. This is spiritual warfare from a biblical worldview. Folks, this is the return of Astra. You're either going to see it or you're not. I'm just going to keep showing it to you. But this breaks my heart here. I got another story for you. The next one. Pentatonics says it's music's music meant to share its faith in Jesus and spread his love. In case you don't know who Pentatonix is, it's an acapella group, five people from Texas. Well, that's where they came out of. And they very good singers, very talented singers. There's a problem with this title. And if you read the story, that's what they say. You know, our music is spreading the gospel and the love of Christ. Two of the people in this group are homosexuals. Yeah, well, Christ's love, Joe, he'll overlook that. No, he will not. He does not. He doesn't overlook sex outside of marriage. He condemned divorce. How do you claim the gospel of Christ to your work when half of what you do I got to be very careful here. It's a good thing I'm a little bit in a d d down mood today. Or I, if I was excited as I normally get, we don't have Charlie here to bleep me. I'd be in trouble today. Folks, this story here, that's the broad, wide, 
smooth, level path to hell. And if you've noticed, this theme has run through just about every one of the stories I've shared with you today. Man's way, not Yahweh's, not God's, the God Yahweh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's God, the Judeo-Christian founder. Our way, not his. And when somebody tells you to return back to the founder's path, if you want to fix this, this country rebels, pushes back, tells me that's not what they did. I've read you their words over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, saying, yes, it is. And not just one or two founders. Have you been in any of the shows where we, we did an hour and a half of the founders' quotes and never read more than two quotes from the same author? All saying this. Were you in on one of those shows? I can do another one. If I really want to, we can do another two and a half hours and never quote the ones we did before. Because it's there. It's in the historic record. But today, no, we, we, we claim his name. But we're ashamed to imitate him. And if we did, we would not tolerate stories like this one. Because pentatonics is speaking with a forked tongue. Their walk does not match their words. And Jesus stood face to face with the Pharisees and told them that they were hypocrites for that. Called them a brood of vipers. Called them whitewashed tombs. And called them children of Satan. Do you realize that all three of those are saying the same thing? Viper, snake, connected to the serpent in Eden. Whitewashed tomb. Sheol, made to look pretty. Sheol is death, the pit. Satan, the father of lies and deception that leads all men into Sheol. They're all connected. And we're told, well, Jesus is love. He never would have done anything like that. And yet the gospels say he faced down the leaders of his nation, of Judea, in public at the temple, and said these things to them face to face. Hmm. We would accuse Jesus of not being true to our Jesus's gospel today. The real Jesus. We would reject him. It's almost like we would accept a fake Jesus and put our hope in him because, you know, he's love. He's kumbaya. The real Jesus is agape. And the real Jesus would condemn these people in the pentatonics. I know. I've read the Gospels. Comment on the board. It says, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. All right. Who's the smart aleck? <laughs> I like it, though. Don't get me wrong. I like it. That's my sense of humor right there. All right. I told you we'd get back to this. Yeah. Is so you just friendly, friendly neighborhood AI. Oh, my <laughs> AI is tweaking again, and it's quirky. All right. This story was drawn to my attention over the weekend, or my attention was drawn to this story. Oh, boy, did I know what I was reading when I first saw it. It says Guam on the rise. And essentially, I'll boil it down for you. First new Marine Corps base in God knows how many years. Guam. They're relocating from Japan and Okinawa to Guam. 
what's so, well, I forgot to put that up there. Hold on. Here's your story. It's in your show notes. What's so important about Guam? <laughs> well, first of all, the B-52s are stationed there. The ones that bombed Vietnam came from Guam. They could have come from Okinawa. They got a long enough range with tankers, but they came from Guam. They went back to Guam. Guam is more centrally located in the Pacific than Okinawa. Okinawa is a couple hundred miles from Japan. Guam's like pretty much in the middle of the Gilbert Islands or the Marshall Islands area, right? Smack, smack dab in the middle of the, of the Western Pacific, or in our case, Eastern. But anyway, um, folks, when I read this, I immediately asked the person who sent it to me. I said, uh, if I didn't, well, didn't ask him. I told him, I said, if I didn't know better, I'd swear somebody's getting ready for a war with China. I knew what I was reading. You're going to move the Marine Corps, you know, base to Guam where the bombers are. And you're going to beef up the Navy and their bloke. What are you getting ready for? You're getting ready for this top. You saw this article just a little while ago. Top U.S. general warns everyone should be worried about war with China. Specifically, China trying to invade Taiwan. Oh, Got a nice little spinny circle there. That's on the feed. That's not us. Anyhow, what happens if China invades Taiwan? Do you have any idea what happens to the United States economy? China then gets to dictate to us. We don't make computer chips here anymore. Most of ours are made in Taiwan. Not all of them, but most. So what happens if all of a sudden you can't get computer chips from Taiwan? Or anything else that we get from Taiwan. What happens? Hmm. Well, being good Americans, we compromise. What? Oh, yeah. Okay, China, we'll do what you say. Just keep sending us our goodies so we don't have to lose our way of life. That'll never happen, Joe. We've been doing it for decades. So China can beat us without ever firing a shot? Oh, yes, that's Sun Tzu, Art of War. They've been at that for a while now here, you know, importing their military people into this country through the uh, open borders and just letting them wait around until it's time to occupy the West Coast. I know, I know, nobody believes this. this is all fantasy land. If you were to ever get inside a circle of war gamers... And I, I don't mean guys who play war games as a hobby. I mean the people who war game for the purposes of the, the, the defense department. You come up with scenarios so that they can learn how to defend against it. And hopefully maybe one day when somebody attacks us, they will attack us using one of these war game scenarios that were dreamed up close enough to the, to the one that we fought and defended against. And we'll have a, a plan that we can quickly adapt to what's actually happening. We people do this. the The book Red Storm Rising, uh, Tom Clancy wrote that novel. That came out of a war game, and that book actually came out of a real, just you know, buy it on the at your local toy store war game called Harpoon. And that whole book came from that scenario. And when the military read the book, they they were like, "Oh crap! Where'd you get this from?" Because they hadn't considered that scenario. And they quickly wrote a defense plan or an op operation plan 
to defend against that exact scenario. They had been aware of something similar to that, but they had never contemplated what happens in the book. I won't spoil it for you. It's a very good read if you're into that military fiction. But if you sit around and war game, the things I've been talking about lately, all that comes from is, well, you know, the active imagination of somebody who knows how to war game. We're in trouble. We're in a lot of trouble. And the chances are we will not defend Taiwan. We're obligated by treaty. And if we don't, then who's going to ever trust this country again? And if we do go to help them, you're in a live shooting war with China. That will escalate quickly. We can't win that. (laughs) War plan orange. (laughs) I know who this classmate is. Y'all don't. If you knew. I'll just leave it at that. If you knew. Yeah, Aaron Spikes, Thursday show on Monday. No, no, no. Thursday is for theory. This isn't theory. We're in a lot of trouble. Every one of the stories I've shown you today to this point tells you that the foundations of our society have been shaken to the very to the very bedrock. And then below, the earth itself is shaking. Nothing is solid anymore. You're not living under the rule of law. You live under the rule of men, whim of men and women. And we don't even even know who's in charge of anything anymore. Everybody nominally says Biden. You and I both know Biden is not running this country. He couldn't even find his way off the stage the other day. They had to come get him. He was looking on the ground, looking for his tapioca pudding. And I know I'm being ugly to the man, but I want his wife charged with elder abuse. And I want his entire staff charged. And I mean literally charged them. There are crimes against this in this country. Charge them because that's what they're doing. This is elder abuse. They are exploiting a mentally incapacitated man for the purposes of their own glory and enrichment, their own power. You want sedition against the United States. You're watching it right now live in the White House. And, well, Joe, sedition has to be an armed revolt. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be armed. It just has to be a war against the country. And this is multidimensional warfare. This is a war. It's dis, um, dissimilar war. I, I can't remember right now. There, there's a term for this. But it's where one side's weaker than the other. It's like a guerrilla war. That's what they're fighting against us. And they're winning. They've all but succeeded. They only have to asymmetric warfare. Thank you. Thank you. They only have a few things left to um, to consolidate, and then they can just step out into the open, and it'll be too late. If they disarm us, if they succeed in that, it's game over. It, it, and we are in that much trouble. And where I'm going to go next is a personal gripe, personal rant. Yep, 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 personal rant. But it's connected, which is the only reason it's actually in your homework today, your, your show notes. Is because it's actually connected to everything else I've been doing here. Our capacity to rationalize away anything and everything of objective standard or of established practice. In other words, we will justify anything we feel like we want to do. 
just throw past precedent or anything else out of the way, establish guidelines, establish or just pitch them. And we'll come up with whatever we want to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fireflies. I don't know what one set off in your mind, but I know where I'm going to take you right now. Let me show you this story. Right there. Mike Norvell's explosive statement after Florida State playoff rejection was pure fire. Florida State head coach absolutely torched the college football playoff committee for leaving out the Seminoles. And I know I'm going to start a war today. I am not a sports talker. And I know that I've got fans here who are fans of the University of Georgia. Guess what? BB, my wife, is. She just happens to be FSU, then Georgia. I happen to be FSU, then the Wolverines. So I still have a dog in this hunt. But where I'm after here, folks, this has got nothing to do with football. I'm using football as an illustration, but it doesn't have anything to do with football. Not really. This has got to do with the state of the American people. And when you read through this, it is blistering. But this is not the one I want to read for you. This is the FSU athletic director, Michael Alford. He condemns the committee following the historic CFP snub. The Seminoles are the first undefeated Power 5 conference champion to be left out of the playoffs since the model was introduced in 2014. And it was introduced specifically to keep this very type of thing from happening again. And his his comment, the consequences of giving in to a narrative of the moment are destructive, far-reaching, and permanent, not just for Florida State, but college football as a whole. This is the athletic director at FSU. The argument of whether a team is the most deserving or best is a false equivalence. He is correct. It renders the season up to yesterday irrelevant and significantly damages the legitimacy of the football college football playoffs. I'll stop there. Significantly damages? No, it undermined it forever. The CFP is irrelevant now. Past, present, and future. Everybody who's won their championship under the CFP no longer has a legitimacy. It's like an asterisk mark after, you know, I'm a, I'm the all time home run hitter. Yeah. But you were on steroids. Just put an asterisk mark after your name because you've broke, you've broke from the pattern you were established to enforce. That's what's going, that's what we're looking at. This is like with NASCAR. I can run the entire race with NASCAR, but it's only the last 10 races that count. That's exactly what happened here. They did that to all of NASCAR, just like in hockey. Oh, we want more scoring, so take away the two-line pass. Hockey has always been, it was always supposed to be a defensive sport. We're destroying the fabric of what makes things what they are. I'm using sports as an illustration right now, folks. I am upset with what happened to FSU, but set that aside. This is a teaching moment. And if you're going to do it to something so so much dearer to the American people as their sporting events, let alone, you know, supposedly the Bible. If it's gotten to the point where we're going to go after your near and dear football, what else is left in, the, in, the, in our society that they won't go after? They're going after your children and perverting them with, you know, grooming them for pedophilia and all sorts of other crap, taking away your parental rights, 
they're they're taking away your your rights. To, the Bill of Rights has been destroyed. They've taken away the Constitution. They've taken away your right to say no. You're not a man. You're actually a woman. Or no, you're not a woman. You're actually a man pretending to be a woman. You got somebody with mental. You can't do that. You you, you can't question the legitimacy of an election that has been proven over and over and over and over and over again to have been questionable and illegal in certain areas in certain cases. And that the six states that all shut down their counting, there's hanky panky in every six of those states legitimate i can bring it into a u.s court of law but if you question that you're committing sedition it's finally gotten to where they're after your sports what else is left sacred for you that they're not going to screw with so he continues here he says the 2023 florida state seminoles are the epitome of a total team to eliminate them from a chance to compete for a national championship is an unwarranted injustice that shows complete disregard and disrespect for their performance and the accomplishments. It is unforgivable. This is the fact that this team has continued to close out victories in dominant fashion facing our current quarterback situation should have enhanced our case to get into the playoff berth earned on the field. Instead, the committee decided to elevate themselves and make quote unquote history today by departing from what makes this sport great by excluding an undefeated power five conference champion for the first time since the advent of the BCS CFP era that began 25 years ago. This ridiculous decision is departure from the competitive expectations that have stood the test of time in college football broke with tradition. Wins matter. Losses matter. Those that compete in the arena know this. Those on the committee who also compete in the competed in this sport should also know that, and they have forgotten it. Today, they changed the way success is assessed in college football from a tangible metric, winning on the field, to an intangible subjective one. Evidently, predicting the future matters more. For many of us, today's decision by the committee has forever damaged the credibility of the institution that is college football playoff. And saddest of all, it was self-inflicted. They chose predictive competitiveness over proven performance, subjectivity over fact. They have become a committee of prognosticators. They have abandoned their responsibility by discarding their purpose to evaluate performance on the field. Our players, coaches, and fans, as well as those who love this sport, deserve better. The committee failed college football today. He's right. Now set aside the football stuff. Gritech 11. What was the old saying, 1992, SI sucks, cancel my subscription? Yes, Sports Illustrated. Now, let me focus on what's really at point here. Oh, by the way, the um, the ACC chairman sent the exact same message to the college football playoff committee, condemned them. Let me explain what's really at at, at, at the heart here of this matter is you have a group of people, the College Football Playoff Committee. Have you paid attention? If you have not listened to college football, if you don't watch it, you may not you may not realize this. But five weeks ago is when it started. I knew today, I knew yesterday was going to happen five weeks ago. I knew it. I knew what they were going to do. And in the game against Georgia and Alabama, I knew Georgia was going to lose. Before they ever took the field, I knew they were going to lose, and I knew it was going to have something to do with the officiating. If you need a witness to this, you can ask Bibi. I told her this was going to happen. My wife, how did I know? This fits a well-established pattern going all the way back to wrestling. Wrestling is not a sport. It's an entertainment. The NFL is not a sport. It is incorporated as an entertainment industry, which means they can rig it. 
they're legally allowed to rig the vote, rig the games. They do so through a various number of means. Have you ever wondered why a quarterback ever throws an interception clearly right to the other person's, you know, the other team's player? I just right to him like he meant to. Maybe because he did. Well, Joe, they don't. Uh huh. Well, somebody would have revealed that by now, maybe. But they get paid a heck of a lot of money not to, don't they? I don't know. I know this. There's been enough evidence of this, and there have been accusations of rigging the games. I knew that this was going to happen when they started touting Texas and Alabama as one-loss entrances into the playoffs when you have so many undefeated teams. Where's the justification for this? And the announcers have been touting this idea for five weeks. How's this get to the, to the playoff, Joe? A good number of the people who vote on that work for the sports networks that televise the games. That's called a conflict of interest. Because if I've got a team that's undefeated and you think, you think, well, only half as many people will watch the game. I can't charge as much for for, 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 uh, advertisement. I'm going to lose money on this. So it's easy for you to, oh, but this team's got a great following. And even though they got three losses, I'll get more people. So you know what? They had a tougher conference and this was a fluke and that and the flip. And all of a sudden, an eight and three team is deserving over a defeat. Well, Joe, it wasn't that. It was Alabama. Right. It was Alabama. It was Alabama that lost to Georgia. Well, no, Georgia lost to Alabama because of a, you know, the referees don't want to review this pass, but they'll review that pass. That was, you know, Georgia clearly it's a, it's a completion. We got to spend two, three, four, five, six minutes in the game to review that. But we, we don't have time to review this one. That was clearly the trapped against the ground, which would have probably been a seven point swing in the game, if not at least four. And if you want to play that, what if game? Okay. So. And there was some other questionable calls in there, you know, like a horse collar that wasn't. And have you ever noticed how the announcers on these games will tell you one thing, and then after the referee goes to the replay and comes back and reverses everything, then the announcer justifies it for them. And you don't see coordination with this? I do. And it is so common that when I watch the games now, I'm getting tired of even watching college. I gave up the NFL years ago. I'm about ready to give up college football because I've realized it's become exactly what you saw this weekend. It's money. It's all about money. That's the whole purpose of the portal. That's why they've now said players can make money. They're not making as much off the NFL as they want to, so they're going to go do the same thing with college football now. Well, it'll cease to be amateur sports. It's going to just become pros and pros light. And that's what they want. They want money. That's all this is. They don't think FSU is going to be as interesting a game. Not as many people would tune in, blah, 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 blah. How do you know? When I was playing, granted, I only played in, you know, the midget league or whatever. But my coach taught me better. He told me, you never know until you play the game. And that's what upsets are all about. And if you want to look at numbers... Well, fine. We only have one head-to-head competition between Alabama and FSU. They both beat LSU. FSU beat LSU by seven points more than Alabama did. Congratulations. Using the college football way of looking at things, FSU is a better team. It's all subjective, right? And then they'll say, well, the ACC is not as strong. I don't care. I looked to an SEC team that Alabama 
and FSU both played head-to-head. And Alabama only won by 14 points, and FSU beat them by 21. Yeah, but you don't have the same quarterback, Joe. You are right. And since Jordan got hurt, Jordan Travis got hurt, broke his leg, our defense has allowed one touchdown, and that was due to a bad referee's call. Since he broke his leg, the defense has been on freaking fire. That's called a total team. They stepped up. That's what a team's supposed to do. This is supposed to be about team, right? What they've done instead is everything they could to justify what they wanted. That's what I'm actually focusing on, what they wanted. Now, this is a comment by RG3 on his X you know, Twitter file. Florida State is the first undefeated Power 5 conference champion to not get into the college football playoffs, despite the ACC having a 6-4 and four record against the SEC this year meaning the ACC is a better conference than the SEC by that diametric. Despite their defense not giving up 30 points in a single game all year, Alabama can't say that. Despite their offense having more yards in the ACC championship than Michigan had in the Big Ten championship, despite and that's with our third-string quarterback, despite Louisville's top 20 offense held it to six points, despite beating four top 25 teams, Despite finding a way to win with their backup quarterback in a bitter rivalry game, being Florida, despite finding a way to win their third-string quarterback in the ACC championship, a true freshman in a high-pressure game came in and won. Florida State earned their spot in the CFP on the field with and without Jordan Travis. You don't punish or diminish the work of a 100-plus players and coaches because one player is not there on the field calling the shots. FSU always answered the bell this year, and their response to losing their quarterback was to play possessed on defense. It's an absolute travesty, and they were excluded from the CFP. All because of money, and I saw it coming weeks ago by listening to the announcers. And then what I saw that really saddened me was the way people justify the selection of FSU, especially Alabama fans. The one thing that I saw in all of this that gave me a lot of hope and made me proud was this. This is a comment by Jordan Travis. Devastated. This is on his Twitter page. Devastated, heartbroken. In so much disbelief, I wish my leg broke earlier in the season so y'all could see that this team is much more than a quarterback. I thought results mattered. 13-0, and 0, This roster matches up across any team in those top four ranked team or those top four rankings. I am so sorry. Go Knowles. Notice that this young man did not say he wished he'd never broke his leg. He accepted his fate and said he wished it had happened earlier for the sake of his teammates. That's an American. I know we're talking sports. I'm looking to character. I only knew one coach when I played. I only played for three years. My coach was Coach Smitty. He constantly used the game to teach us to be better young men in life. And he told us over and over again that the game was a test of our character. So as far as I'm concerned, looking at the way certain teams have behaved in all of this, FSU's already won. Even with the way the coach 
and FSU's athletic director and the ACC chairman reacted. They didn't cry like everybody's claiming. They viciously attacked the character of the people who broke with 25 years of tradition so that they could get what they think is a uh, financially better football game in the Rose Bowl. Because that's exactly what they did. Now, why would you put Texas there over Alabama? Well, that's easy. Texas won their conference, and they beat Alabama. Did you have something, Natasha? How very progressive of them. Yes, I thought the same thing. Yeah, it's football, folks. I know. I got that. And yeah, there'll be people listening to me say, sour grapes, Joe, you're an FSU fan. Yeah, rant is over. Thank you, Charlie. But notice what I told you. And pay, go back and pay attention to what I was talking about. These stories that I just shared with you about the football aspect of things, they go directly back to the rest of the stories I shared with you. There's no solid ground underneath the American people anymore. There's nothing we can, we can trust. There's nothing we can rely on. There's nothing that we can anchor to except the promises of Scripture which have been tested time and time again for thousands of years. And they've proven faithful and true the whole time. So if you ever want to know why I insist that I have to look at this world through that biblical lens and why I will not quit talking that way, look no farther. I need something I can cling to to give me hope. And there is nothing left in this world, this material world, that has any reason to be trusted. All the foundations of the world have been shaken. And unfortunately, they're being shaken in heaven and on earth. And if you know what that book was says from, in some cases, 3,500 years ago, then you've got a good idea of what we're about to encounter. In the very near future, it is nigh at the door now, folks. It's knocking. It's that close. You better get prepared. The likes of what's coming, the likes of which man has never seen. I know this is a fact. It's got nothing to do with the Bible. I'm a student of history and of human nature. I've been reading what people have been saying across this globe, different groups of people, all bunch of Karens that want to rule the world, want to be Satans. I honor the threat. I can do the math. We're about to fight a hot war. We've been in a cold war for a decade. We're about to make it go hot. And it's going to be real hot. People are going to toss nukes. They've already told us this. And there are some of us who spent our lifetime in the Cold War, you know, our adult, young adult life times studying and planning and training for that war. And we will tell you that once they start tossing the little ones, the big ones follow. Because you got a bunch of hard-headed men that will not realize what the computer learned in war games. The only way to win is not to play. 
Hmm. I guess that doesn't apply in football, though, does it? The only way to know who's the best there is to put them on the field and let them find out. Eh. Unless, of course, you think that they're not good enough team. Yeah, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, yes. Folks, we love each and every one of you. We thank you for being here, especially today. I know I've not been a bundle of joy today. These are the type of headlines I read all the time, and I find them in other places as well. I keep the scariest stuff from you. I do. We love you, and we thank you for being here. I'm not going to make a long exit of this. I just uh, I don't know what we're teaching tomorrow. Tomorrow's Teaching Tuesday. More than likely, we'll be back on the Stoics. A little bit more of a close-in look at them. Worship Wednesday's coming up. Thursday, probably be a history class. I think I'm going to take you back to Thomas Jefferson. Throwback Thursday. Friday, Friday, I got something special in store. If you're not into scripture, if you're not into you know Christianity and the history of the Christian faith and the Hebrew roots movement and all this other stuff, the Reformation, if you're not into that type of thing, Friday's probably going to bore you to death. But it's going to be about logic. Actually, it is. But Friday, I'll explain more in detail. Otherwise, until then, if you like what we're doing, please share the show. If nothing else, hit the up buttons to let us know we did a good job today. Charlie's with us by remote. My Natasha AI is here. Those those two work very hard for you. They don't make a penny. Neither do I, but this is something I decided to do. This is a labor of love for them. So at least tell them you like what they're doing. Thumbs up, but only if you agree. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow. Y'all stay safe. Take care.